Welcome to our Sunday Sermon Podcast with City Harvest AG Church. Wherever you are in life, we believe that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Here at City Harvest, we believe in the undiluted Word of God and the teachings here will enhance your understanding of the Scripture and will help you grow and mature as a Christian. So we hope and pray that you will be blessed by this sermon. Today's sermon is brought to us by Pastor Shine Thomas. What are you doing with your God-given talents and abilities? How will you finish some 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now? When you finish your life, how will you finish? I heard the story of the most brilliant man born ever. At 18 months of age, he was reading New York Times. At three, his father taught him the Greek alphabet and read Homer in Greek at age three. At the same time, he taught himself to read Latin. By age six, he spoke seven languages fluently. He was a great mathematician. At age nine, he passed Howard entrance exam. And he was deemed unfit for college and asked to wait until 11 years of age. He graduated at age 16 while teaching at Harvard, parting. His IQ was between 250 to 300 compared to Einstein's IQ of being only 200. William James Sidis was his name. Your look on your face tells me that none of you know him. It's not surprising. You have never heard of this name. A man so brilliant who could learn anything under the sun and master it. He died in 1944 at the age of 46. What was he doing at the end of his life? He was working as a clerk doing menial duties in New York. William Sidis had wasted his life. He refused to accept responsibilities turning down great opportunities, big salaries, finally to die unknown and unheard of. Great talent, great opportunities, tremendous capacities, started well but did not finish strong. In Christian life too, it's not how we start our Christian life and our Christian race that matters, but what matters the most is how you finish. How are you progressing in your Christian life? How will you and I finish our Christian lives? Well, we are going to take a look at Samson. A man who did not finish well. And we are going to learn how not to be like Samson. And instead finish strongly in our lives. Well, open your Bibles with me to Judges chapter 13. The book of Judges talks about a time period in the history of Israel. Remember in the time of Joshua, the children of Israel had come and taken possession of the promised land. But here and there in the promised land, there were the enemies who were staying and attacking Israel now and then. By the time when we come to the book of Judges, it is a time period between Joshua and the first king of Israel called King Saul. We have a history of some 350 years of Israel there without any king because God was their king. 
there was no prominent leader of israel during that time and what happened is many times god had told them not to defect from their faith but israel time and again defected from their faith and god would raise up judges and who would deliver israel out of the situation now when you think about judges you and i think about a judge sitting on a high seat and there are witnesses over there and people arguing that's not the kind of judges that we are talking in the book of judges it is the name given to a military leader whom god would raise in his spirit who would fight for israel and he will bring healing to the land of israel so in the book of judges we can find a cycle repeating which is a cycle of man that when god blesses and prospers man he forgets god and he comes sinning and going after the things that he left and came after searching god and when man sins in his prosperity god sends punishment he allows the foreigners around israel to raid them and when man is punished by god man repents and comes to the presence of god and god raises up a deliverer and brings back prosperity in the land and all through the book of judges you find the cycle repeating man in prosperity uh going to sin and god allowing them to be raided by their enemies and then they repent and god raises a judge and god delivers them in the book of judges we can find 14 judges back to back in this three and a half century history of israel and samson is judge number 12 that we are going to take a little a microscopic look into his life this morning time let's see how the life of samson begins in chapter 13 of judges and is verse 1 again the israelites did evil in the eyes of the lord the same cycle so the lord delivered them into the hands of the philistines for 40 years so god is delivering them to their enemies for 40 years the philistines are ruling over israelites and in verse 2 they are crying to the lord and god is raising up a judge or a deliverer a certain man from zora named manoah from the clan of the danites had a wife who was childless unable to give birth the angel of the lord appeared to her now when i am talking about samson i want you to remember the number of women in his life and the influence of this woman in his life and this is woman number 1 godly woman a woman who heard god who saw the angel of the lord who worshiped god and who feared god a great influence a wonderful mother if anybody has to have a godly mother it should be like a mother of samson she saw the lord and she was prayerful and the lord spoke to her and she and her husband does an offering to the lord on the altar on the rock and in that offering god was pleased because the angel of the lord ascended to god in their appearance in front of the offering such a wonderful parents and a influential godly mother god has given to samson i thank god for many of us i thank god for my mother who has been a great influence in my life i've seen her praying by my bedside when i was sleeping touching my hands and praying whenever i would go for examination she would be fasting and praying for me all my major board examinations i had a mother who would pray for me and samson was blessed by a godly mother The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, "You are barren and childless, 
but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite. Dedicated to God from the womb, he will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Now, God had given a Nazarite vow to Samson. Now, to be a Nazarite means to be separated. Now, we are thinking about a 3,000, 3,500 year old civilization and the culture. And we are trying to understand this ancient culture and God dealt with them in their culture. And that's why such kind of practices. And even when you come to the time of Paul, we can find that Paul also took at least twice a Nazarite vow, which is mentioned in the book of Acts of the Apostles. So what is to be a Nazarite is to be separated. And to be a Nazarite is a voluntary choice by people that for certain time I want to take a Nazarite vow. And during this time, I will not touch anything unclean that is a dead body or a leper or somebody with a skin disease and things like that. Or a woman with an issue of blood or something like that. And also he makes a verb in the Nazarite verb that he will not eat anything unclean, anything defiled according to the Old Testament laws. He will also take a verb of not touching razor on his head. He will not cut his hair. And until the war was over. And it was special in the case of Samson. Because the Lord had asked even Samson's mother. Until she is conceived and given birth. To keep up to that Nazarite vow. That she will also not drink from alcohol. Fermented drink. And that's a part of the Nazarite vow. And when taking a Nazarite vow was voluntary for the people of God. God had given a different kind of Nazarite vow for Samson. Samson's vow of being a Nazarite was from the womb to the grave. It was a lifelong commitment to be devoted and separated and holy for one true God. From the womb to the grave, Samson had to keep up these four things, laws of being a Nazarite. No drinking alcohol, no eating unclean things. No contact with unclean things and no cutting over of his hair. One master, one commitment, one dedication to God and to God alone. And we are called by our divine master to be committed to him and him alone in this generation to stand for God like Samson. Fast forward his life. The boy Samson is born. Good news has come into the family. Judges chapter 13 and this verse 24. The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. Samson comes from the Hebrew word Shimshon or Semis. Which means the root meaning of this word is sun, S-U-N. In other words, sunlight has been born. Sunny boy has been born. Bright son of hope has been born in Israel to defeat the Philistines. This was unique. And he was also stirred by the spirit of God. In chapter 13 verse 24, he grew and the Lord blessed him. 
and the spirit of the lord began to stir him while he was in mahanedan between zora and estadol this is a unique blessing samson we find right from the very birth he is born with a golden spoon of opportunities the spirit of god is upon him and he is born with the strength of god and the anointing of god god fearing parents god appointed conception god ordained dedication god planned destiny god given blessings and god bestowed spirit upon the life of samson what will samson do with all these god given advantages in his life what will you do with all the god given advantages and the spirit of god in your life let's fast forward to judges chapter 14 and his verse 1 samson went down to timna and he saw there a young philistine woman this is woman number 2 in samson's life woman number 1 his mother woman number 2 he saw and a young philistine woman judges chapter 14 verse 2 and 3 when he returned he said to his father and mother I have seen a Philistine woman in Timna now get her for me as my wife now Samson wants to marry a Philistine woman no israelite was ever to marry a foreigner outside the 12 tribes of israel let alone a nazarite and here is a nazarite and now he saw a woman in the wrong place in the wrong territory he had gone to the territory of the philistines he saw her in the wrong geographical area he liked her and now he's forgetting that he's an israelite and a nazarite and he's coming and demanding his parents that i want her at any cost why did samson want to marry this woman he met a girl not in his town but in the neighboring town south of jerusalem if you see the map it's way down the philistines are way down in the map and they come from the valleys and jerusalem and the israel is in a high plain and he has gone down looking for something and in the process in the wrong geography he looked for a woman and the hormones kicked in and he wants her at any cost if you go to the wrong place finding for the right things you may find something which may seem good to your eyes because what speaks to you then is not the word of god but the hormones that kick in in our lives so what do we understand from this young people do not search for your partner in the wrong place do not search for your partner in the wrong geography we are surrounded by colleagues at work and colleagues in our classrooms and neighborhoods if you really want to look for a godly spouse go to the right geography otherwise you will become like a samson and we are going to listen to his story samson's misplaced geography misplaced gaze samson's misaligned pleasure and his mistaken assessment in his life judges chapter 14 and this was 3 his father and mother replied isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all your people must you go to the uncircumcised philistine to get a wife 
but samson said to his father get her for me she is the right one for me i want her at any cost i don't want to listen to you daddy you don't understand me i want this woman at any cost the parents seem to have an inability to say no to samson yes they want him but they could not stand the ground and stand on the son's face and say no it is not possible we find parents godly parents succumbing to the pressure of the children when they are lured by the world around them samson finally gets what he wants the parents objected to it samson overrides their objection and he gets what he wants young people listening to me this morning both online and in house i have some words of advice to you from this words do not search for your partner in the wrong place and in the wrong time i wish i could stay but i have a long message to preach point number 2 looks can be deceiving samson saw this philistine woman and he was captured by the hormones that set in looks can be deceiving let it be a constant echo in your voice as you get to the philistines and the uncircumcised the ungodly people around us looks can be deceiving you will ruin your life if you marry somebody who doesn't love the lord period looks can be deceiving third counsel listen to wise counsel when it comes to marriage listen to wise counsel you will ruin your life if you just don't listen to those who are giving you godly advice you will ruin your life if you don't listen to those who are giving you godly advice and point number 4 for young people god will never fail to give you red flags god will always give you opportunities to listen to wise counsel do not blame god you will ruin your life if you live by your emotions anyhow samson runs to timna with a song in his heart for the wrong kind of woman to arrange his wedding judges chapter 14 and his verse 5 samson went down to timna together with his father and mother can you imagine how difficult it would have been for samson to convince his father and mother to go to a philistine house to ask for a girl but he convinced them poor father and mother succumb to the pressure of samson he is a strong man they could not do anything but helpless parents went down timna with his father and mother and as they approached the vineyards of timna what is samson doing by the way in the vineyards of timna probably along the route he would have put his father and mother i'm just thinking the story somewhere and he said wait a minute daddy and mummy let me just have a tour of the city and come you people are old and i want just to have a tour of the city 
It's a wonderful city, not like the land of Israel. Lot of beautiful girls and lot of happening city. And he went down to the vineyards of Timnah. Remember, Samson has taken a vow from God not to have grape juice or fermented wine. What was he doing hanging around the grape wines and this place of Timnah where there is vineyards of Timnah? Wrong place, wrong choices, wrong place to look for pleasure. Fast forward to his wedding. During his wedding, Samson puts a feast for his guests. Come with me to chapter 14 and it's verse 10. Now his father went down to see the woman and there Samson held a feast as was customary for the young men. Feast in the Hebrew word means to drink and by all probability there was Wine flowing and drinks flowing in the feast that Samson offered. What is this Nazareth man doing with the Philistines feasting? One compromise leads to the other and it leads to disappointment in Samson's life. There goes his first commitment to God being found in a vineyard. And being found in a party where God did not allow him to be in that feasting party. That too with the Philistines. Now, little come back. And Samson is going to Timnah initially to arrange for his wedding. And on the way, Samson encounters a lion. And with the spirit of God upon him and the strength of God upon him. He, with his bare hands, he, he tears the lion apart and kills that lion. And when he goes and meets this woman and her parents and comes back to report to his parents, he visits the lion's carcass. And now he finds that a, a swarm of bees, honey bees have made a nest in the carcass of the lion. And Samson knows that that honey is defiled because it is touching a dead body. He has taken a Nazarite vow, but without any thought to what God wants him to do, he just puts his hand into the, probably the ribs or the skeleton remains of the carcass of the lion. He scoops honey and he eats that honey. Not only that, he takes some honey for his parents. He never tells them that it has come from a lion carcass. And the parents eat it without recognition. Dear parents, if you support your children for a marriage that is outside the covenant of God, you will end up doing things for your children. And we don't want any of our parents to become like Samson's parents, unknowingly doing things which is not godly and moving away from the grace and the presence of God. We don't find God talking to Samson's parents now. First he consumed wine. Now he proceeds to eat food contaminated by a dead animal. He's beginning to hide things from his parents. Hiding things from his parents. Young people, let me ask you. Is there anything in your life which is hidden from your parents? 
until the day of your marriage, you are 100% accountable to your father and mother. And if you have something that is hidden from your parents, it is not right. Samson begins to hide things from his parents. And there he fails in his second instruction to God. He already has touched wine, probably. And now he's eaten something which is defiled by a dead body. Come back with me to the wedding feast. Samson is getting married and his parents have come over to give him and take the bride and the groom to be a beautiful celebration over there. Not so beautiful. So I know the parents are grieving inside because they would have been thinking about an Israelite wedding ceremony. But things are going haywire. Why did they do the wedding in the bride's house? Because no Israel will allow this wedding. This wedding cannot take place in church. So what do you do? You go to the girl's place and whatever they say, Circum to it and get the wedding done. And during the wedding, it's a seven days of wedding feast for the Philistines. And Samson throws a huge feasting party and he poses a riddle to the Philistines with a prize. Judges chapter 14 verse 12 to 17. Let me tell you a riddle, Samson said to them. If you can give me the answer within the seven days of the feast, I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes. So what was Samson after? He was after wine. He was after women. And he was after fine linen, clothing, branded clothing. I'm not against branded clothing. But his focus was only this. Woman, wine, and brands. And he's putting a bet so that nobody can answer him. Tell us a riddle, they said. Let's hear it. Wow, Bible has got some riddles in it. It's a book of riddles. He replied, out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. Referring to what happened with the lion and the carcass and the honey. He's posing a riddle. For three days, they could not give the answer. They came multiple times with answers, but... They could not answer. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, coax your husband into explaining the riddle for us or we will burn you and your father's household to death. Threat from the Philistines. Did you invite us here to steal our property? The world says, if you cannot get through the husband, go through the wife. Have you heard that? If you cannot reach him, Directly, go through the wife. Somehow he will agree. Wrong strategy for believers. Verse 16. Then Samson's wife threw herself on him, sobbing. You hate me. You don't really love me. You have given me, my people, a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. Have you heard sobbing wives? I'm not against women crying. It's your strength, please do that. But it is manipulation, tears of manipulation. Then I have a problem with it. Sobbing, crying, somehow to get the answer. Why are tears so powerful? 
Why are strong men falling to the tears of a worldly woman? Woman cries and the big strong man Samson is helpless to a woman's tears. Judges chapter 14 and his verse 16. I haven't explained it to my father or mother, he replied. So why should I explain it to you? Tips for married people. I just told some tips for unmarried people. Now, married people, including me, here are some tips. Couple tip number one. Don't bring your father and mother into your fight. Please don't do that. And father and mother, when your children fight, let them fight. Remember how you were when you were married. You fought. We all fought. And that's how we grow. Allow them to fight. Allow them to reconcile. Allow them to live life. Don't interfere in your children's fight unless they involve you. And to couples, let me tell you, don't bring your father and mother into your fight. It is devastating. What did Samson tell? Why should I tell you? I didn't even tell my father and mother about it. So what was he doing actually? Guys, careful. Samson was placing his wife below his father and mother. Right? And many times when young people fight, these words come. Once you are married, yes, respect your family, respect your parents, provide for your parents, love them and care for them. But husband and wife relationship is the primary relationship. You cannot place them below your parents. So don't bring your father and mother into your fight. And parents, don't get involved in children's pity fights. Unless they call you for counsel, then get involved. Chapter 14, verse 17 to 18. She cried the whole seven days of the feast. Oh man, what a man in a honeymoon and the woman is crying. Samson is saying, what happened? I don't understand why you're crying. Hmm. No words. Why are you crying? I don't know. The first answer is I don't know. Oh, did I do anything wrong? Was something wrong with the wedding? Did my parents say something? No, no. She's sobbing, sobbing. Seven days she's crying. Samson got fed up. She cried the whole seven days of the feast. So on the seventh day, he finally told her because she continues to press him. She in turn explained the riddle to her people. The Philistines get the answer from Samson's wife. So Samson loses the bet. Verse, the next verse says, Before sunset on the seventh day, the men of the town said to him, What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? Answer of the riddle. Samson said to them, If you have not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. Now look at that. What is he comparing his wife to? A heifer, a cow who has not given birth or at least given birth to one child. Can any man do that? Can any husband do that? If you have not plowed with my heifer, where is the value for a woman over here? Treating her like dirt. He saw her, he wanted her, he married her and now he's calling her names. 
Tip number two. Couple tip number two. To save your marriage, never compare your spouse with anybody. Oh, the next door neighbor, he is so responsible. Look at that man and you should learn from that man. Wrong statements. Never compare your spouse with anybody. Judges chapter 14 verse 19 and 20. The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson. It's not that the spirit of God came and just went like that. The spirit of God is also found in the Old Testament, not only in Acts of the Apostles, right? And what is the spirit of God over here? It is a gifting that God has given to him. The gifting is Samson's strength because of the Nazareth vow and God's calling upon Samson to uh, overpower the Philistines. And God is faithful. When he dies, God takes victory over the Philistines even though Samson had a disastrous ending to his life. So the spirit of God came upon Samson means that Samson was using his gift. When the spirit of Lord departed from Saul, that means that the gifting of being a king of Israel departed from King Saul. That's it. So the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson. He went down to Ashkelon, struck down 30 of their men, stripped them of everything, gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. Burning with anger, he returned to his father's home and Samson's wife was given to one of his companions who had attended him at the feast. So what does Samson do? Samson goes and he kills 30 people, 30 Philistines. They are dead now, dead bodies because of his strength. And look at the Nazareth vow. He's not supposed to touch a dead body and he doesn't have any shame in disobeying God and touching those dead bodies and stripping them of that fine clothing for the riddle that he has to pay back. And he goes and gives it, defiling himself. There goes his next commitment of the Nazareth vow. He touches a dead body. 30 dead bodies he's touching. And he goes and gives. He's defeating Philistines not because of God's mandate over him. He's revengeful. Here is revenge we can find in the life of Samson because he's angry. Couple tip number three. Control your anger when you are upset. That's not the time to act. That's not the time to talk. Control your anger when you are upset. Samson was angry because his wife betrayed him. And in Samson's time, there is to be companions for the wedding. You read that context very carefully. Man would have companions for the wedding. And by chance, if that man disowns his wife, one of his companions will have to marry that woman so that her dignity is protected and her life is protected. So Samson said, you have betrayed me, Philistine woman. I have enough of seven days of crying and tears and I never thought that you are going to be like this. Right? I never thought you were going to be like this. When I met you in the grape wines, vineyards of Timna, you were so beautiful, so loving, so charming. But right after marriage, you started crying and you have never stopped crying and you have betrayed me. I don't want anything with you. Get, get out of my life. And his companion marries that girl. Couple tip number four. Do not walk out of a marriage covenant easily take time to make your commitment 
But once you make your commitment, there is no turning back. He should have thought about it when he was in the vineyards of Thimna. I am in the wrong place. I am in the bosom of a wrong person. I am enjoying the lips of a wrong person. It's not for me. But it is too late to think back. Do not walk out of a marriage covenant that easily. So his marriage does not work and he just gives up on her. And Samson goes home to his father's house. This is a disaster. He has paid off the bet. He has touched alcohol. He has touched defiled food. He has eaten defiled food. And he has touched a dead body. Slowly, slowly fading away from the divine call that his father and mother received from God and brought him up for. Come with me, fast forward to Judges chapter 16. Verse 1. One day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. Again, it's the wrong territory, wrong geography. Dear friends, if we put a GPS on your mobile phone and heaven has got a GPS on all our mobile phones and all our vehicles, will God find us in the Gaza Strip? In the club of Gaza? Or in Timna? In the grapevines? One day Samson went to Gaza when he saw a prostitute. He saw her. He went in to spend the night with her. Again, he's gone by looks. In the book of Joshua, there are two people who went to the house of a prostitute called Rahab. But they could exercise self-control and they went there for a mandate and a purpose. Probably Samson is to fight the Philistines and maybe he went to spy in the house of a prostitute. We do not know. But he was a man who lacked self-control and he lies with a prostitute. This is the woman number three in his life. Woman number three. He saw and he went. He went to the place. He saw her. He had relationship with her without any thought of as if it was the most routine and normal thing to do, lying with a prostitute. The people of Gaza was too, were told, Samson is here in this house. So they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the city gate. They made no move during the night because they want to overpower Samson, the Philistines. At dawn we will kill him. But Samson lay there only until the middle of the night. Then he got up to hold off the doors of the city gate together with the two posts and tore them loose, bar and all. He lifted them to his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Now listen to me very carefully. Look at the strength of Samson that God had given to him. When the people of Gaza surrounded him, he went to the city gates and he tore the door and the pillars open. Now, this place has got a shutter over here, a door over there, around three and a half foot by seven foot. It may be easy to tear that door open 
but for many of us most of us we cannot even do anything with that shutter it's we are so powerless in front of that iron shutter and in ancient days doors were as thick and heavily mounted on the walls of the city and samson with great ease with the power of god that god has given to him it's still operating even when he's in a house of a prostitute and he just pushes the door and he not only pushes the door the road from gaza to his house is a long hilltop journey and with ease he's carrying that door probably in his one hand and the pillar in the next hand and he's walking uphill with the strength that god has given to him can you imagine the might of this man the muscle power the height and the chest and the and the muscles of this man and the power that god had given to him a great muscle and man who should have worked for the lord is chased by the enemies come to 16 verse 4 sometime later he fell in love with a woman in the valley of sorek whose name was delila woman number 4 in the life of samson delila all these three women his mother was a godly woman the first wife he saw and he wanted the prostitute he saw and he wanted but this has become lust and romance together he loved her here he has fallen in love not only his lust looks but he has shared life of feelings with this girl and he genuinely starts to have feelings towards her and he loves her wrong choice charm and is caught away in that fantasy of love this woman's name is delila and you would be interested to know the connection over here the word delila comes from the root hebrew word lila which means night the woman of the night just a small comparison i don't think scholars will agree to this but i think i need to make this comparison for you to understand sunny boy samson is having connections and love to the woman of the night delila and usually when sun comes into effect in darkness the darkness is spilled over and it becomes bright but when samson the sunny boy gets into the love of the night girl night woman delila delila's darkness encompasses his life and he's filled with darkness woman number 4 comes with four tricks to sell him for money pieces of silver to philistines because she would get money to trick samson out of the strength that god has given to him so she comes four times she's so loving and he's in deep love with her and he does not know what he's spilling the dangerous ground that he is in when he's finding love in the wrong places outside of his marriage outside of his community and she comes to him and he says tell me the secret of your strengths 
and he tells three times tie me with various things tie me with a thread on my hair and pin it and when i get up my strength will go go home and read this so when she ties him he she calls the philistines around so that when he gets up his strength is sapped and they can arrest him but three times samson tells he lies he bluffs to delilah and the moment he is waking up ties are there sometimes his hair is tied and just one snap the strength of god is upon him the spirit of the lord is upon him it's all snapped and delilah could not find the strength of samson but the world is persisting one day you will fall if you are in the edge if you're walking your christian life on the edge you cannot resist for long three times he resisted and historians say that this four attempts of delilah on samson is not just back to back attempts it is planned over periods of years first attempt after then then he came again and stayed with delilah second attempt so it has happened and historians have put a compressed way for us to understand that but it has happened over years defection have does not happen at once it happens over years and finally in the fourth attempt come to uh, judges chapter 16 verse 15 to 17 then she said to him how can you say you i love you when you won't confide in me manipulation she is manipulating him if you love me do you do this this is the third time you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength with such nagging she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it prodding they are young boys and girls are you receiving some proddings from outside marry me why are you doing like this why are you turning away from your word this is a warning for us this is a warning for us god is teaching you and giving you a red marker in unhealthy relationships if anybody is watching me she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it so he told her everything all secrets out one day he let it all out this time he is going to reveal it all to woman number 4 and attack number 4 no razor has been ever used on my head he said because i have been a nazarite dedicated to god from my mother's womb if my head were shaved my strength would leave me and i would become as weak as any other man i have a lot of observations to make on the hebrew tenses over here but i don't have time the hebrew tenses are crying out of samson's reply to delilah because he said it all and he said this my strength is in my hair and if razor touches me i will be zapped of my strength there goes his fourth commitment when he reveals the secret to delilah of his disloyalty to god all regarding nazareth vow he has put it to the dumps and what is samson thinking why not this relationship why not i go to such a place and have have fun with my friends why not a little bit of extra marital affair i have consumed alcohol i still have my strength i have touched a dead body and still i have a strength nothing has happened i consumed unclean food but the strength of the lord is with me my life is fine nothing is wrong my car is with me my job is with me my salary is with me 
everything is fine for me nothing has happened i touched alcohol i drank honey from an unclean animal i touched 30 dead bodies nothing has happened to me why not have a haircut too nothing is going to happen to me i know i can take care of my life away from god's perspectives see what samson says in judges chapter 16 verse 17 if my head were shaved my strength would leave me perfect tense of hebrew and i would become as weak as any other man what is that tell us about samson four times he has repeated as weak as any other man he did not want to be in that nazarite calling his longing was in the strips of gaza and timna grape wines he never had a longing for god even though god loved him god was giving him everything in spite of his sin he did not want to come back to god he want to be like any other man where like the philistine man this was renunciation of his calling a repudiation refusal to accept his dedication for the lord a resignation of his nazarite purpose this was defection he had thrust god out of his life and he has said no to god on his face he was washing his hands of all his god given purposes that god had for him he wanted things his way and his pleasure and his life dear friends will you and i defect from god's calling we as god's children are to be a light like samson in a dark world we are called to be influencing the world for christ and we have the light of god inside of us will you like a samson snuff out that light and live in darkness will you and i end like a samson will we renounce our responsibilities and live like the world you know the story of samson the moment he had a haircut his strength went the philistines came and captured him gorged out both his eyes he cannot see anymore when he could see he saw the wrong things now no sight eyes are gorged out tied him took him to a prison and this is what the world will do for us a life away from god took him to the prison brought him during the temples festival as a sportsman so that they can enjoy fun on god's anointed samson here is god's anointed his strength has gone come and do this for me samson and they made a sport out of him one day they brought him to the festival of the philistines in the temple 3000 people are gathered on the balcony of the temple and there are people down plus 3000 on the top Samson has just been enchained and brought into the arena over there in the middle of the temple and they are making sport out of him they are worshiping the idols he can't even see and Samson asked God here again you read the passage he is not repenting he is telling lord i want to take revenge against the philistines for gouging out my eyes no repentance but god is gracious he said lord give me strength for one last time he had strength at his whims and fantasy whatever he wanted he had the strength of god but now he lost it all 
And he's telling, Lord, one last time, I want that strength. And God is gracious. At any point in our life, we return back. He's gracious to receive us. He's the story of the prodigal son, the father who is waiting for us. And God said, okay, Samson, I see that you are still not repenting. You are just wanting to take revenge on the Philistines for your eyes. But I am gracious. I will give you strength. He told his servant to put him to the temple pillars and archaeological evidences of Philistine temples have shown us that the Philistine temples are held in a center two columns supported by beams all around. Okay, this is archaeological evidence. And it is these two pillars that hold the entire building and the floor above it. And beams are all around. People are watching from top. And that's where Samson went to the footing of the temple where he could sense the temple pillars in his hands. And with all the power that God gave him, even in his fall, even in his blindness, he moved the pillars of the temple and the temple came crashing down. More than 3,000 people died that day. And Samson in his entire life killed people in his death than the other killings fighting for the Lord. But a very sad ending. Very sad ending. He never had to end like this. But God was gracious, gave him power even in his weakness. And if you come to the book of Hebrews, you can find Samson in the hall of fame of faith. That's the gracious God that we serve, friends. We would have failed. Pastor Shine is not perfect. I have gone many times astray. But it is the grace of God that I stand in front of you. None of us are perfect over here. And God is willing to work in our weaknesses. Provided today we turn back and say, God, one more chance. One more time. And give me the strength to overcome my flesh and my weaknesses. Samson saw the Philistine woman. Samson loved the Philistine woman. Samson laid with Philistine women. Now Samson dies with the Philistines. You go away from God, the world will circum you and finish you off. That's the life of Samson. The only judge in the history of judges to die in an encounter with the enemy is Samson. We do not want to finish like Samson, isn't it? Broken, blinded, bruised, blacklisted and busted. We want to finish strong. And that's why we have these lessons for us. I just want you to introspect yourself as I introspect my own life and my family. Am I defecting from God? Am I on the way to finish strong for what I have started? Last week I had a haircut. And the barber came to my house. As he was cutting my hair, I was meditating on the scripture. And as the hair parts were falling on my body, I was thinking to myself, get a haircut, but not defect like Samson. Haircut? Yes. 
defection? No. Every month when you go and get your hairdressing done, or when you sit with your manicure and pedicure and hairstylist, let it be a reminder for us. Haircut? Yes. Defection? No. We have great examples of Jesus Christ who said it is finished on the cross. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. Will you and I finish strong? Everybody take a moment to examine our own lives. What is the thing that is taking me to Timna and the Gaza Strip? Is it my addictions? Is it my lusts? Is it my friends? Is it a wrong relationship? Tell God I lay it before you. I don't want to be a Samson. Haircut, yes. Defection, no.